Hey, we're glad to have you here with us today at One Chapel. We're a church in Austin that helps people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. You can learn more about One Chapel and the things God is doing here at onechapel.com. Now, here is this week's message. All right, if you've got your Bible, I want you to turn to the book of James. As you know, we've been in a, in a series uh, on the book of James where we've been kind of going chapter by chapter and just looking at the theme of James. And um, this book of James is so powerful because it's really um, one of the most practical books in the New Testament. It's so pragmatic. It's so applicational. Um, and th- and there's, 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 there's people that call it the how-to manual for the Christian life. And so it is a really stunning book that I want you to dig into. I want you to, to read it, read the whole thing. I believe we still have some uh, small group uh, guides if you want to get some of those. Even, even personally, just going through those guides, I think they have them out at the welcome table. You can grab that on your way out. And uh, y- there's a whole bunch of bonus content in there that we, we didn't cover in Sunday services. And so I encourage you to take advantage of that. And so today we're gonna look at the first 12 verses in chapter three. So go to chapter three. And we're going to look at what James says today about managing your mouth. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, oh joy. We're going to talk about managing your mouth. And so James chapter 3 verse 1 says, not many of you should become teachers. My fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. (laughs) We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Every week when we read the section we're going to study, I feel like we should pray again. Because James is so pointed in the way that he is speaking about really practical items. If we go back and we, we kind of reference our first series of the year on the Holy Spirit and we, we talk ab- about the fruit of the Spirit, James is 
constantly identifying what that fruit looks like, what the fruit of God's Spirit living within a human being actually appears like. And so here in these verses, James is talking about the power in our tongue. And this is a huge area for most of us because we love to talk. We love to talk. Everybody seems to have something to say. And in our modern day culture, we can say more things to more people than ever before in history. And that makes it really scary, doesn't it? If you're a man, you speak an average of 20,000 words a day. Although for some of you, that includes grunts and groans. <laughs> if you're a woman, you speak 30,000 words a day. <laughs> There's a strong discrepancy there. I don't know if you ever heard the story of the guy who was asked, do you resent the fact that your wife has to have the last word? Well, the guy replied, no, I'm just glad when she finally gets to it. <laughs> See, there's a lot of talking going on. And the problem with all this speaking is that for a lot of us, we were born with our foot in our mouth. We have this natural ability to say the wrong things at the wrong time. It's like the stock boy at the grocery store and a lady asked him, can I buy a half a head of lettuce? And he walks back to the manager and not realizing that she was walking right behind him and he said, you're not gonna believe this, there's this old hag out there who wants to buy a half a head of lettuce. <laughs> and then he realized, you know that feeling, that moment, you realize somebody's behind you, you turn, you look, she's right there. <laughs> and then he said, and this fine woman wants to buy the other half. <laughs> you see, it's our mouths that get us into a lot of trouble. And so James gives us three reasons here why we have to learn to manage our mouth. Number one, my tongue directs where I go. My tongue directs where I go. Your tongue has tremendous influence and control over your life. James makes two analogies to describe the tremendous power that is in our speech. First, he relates the tongue to a bit in a horse's mouth. He says in verse 3, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. So you can control a horse by a little piece of metal stuck strategically over his tongue. And James is saying that your tongue is like that bit. One little word or phrase can influence the direction of your life. I was recently, just last week, I was riding a horse. My daughter-in-law, Misty, has been working with horses for all of her life, and so we were at their ranch um, called Southern Trails down in, in New Braunfels, and, and we were riding horses. And I, I've ridden horses before, but somehow I was on a horse that just would not do what I wanted him to do. And so I'm, you know, I, I'm not that, that I'm not, I mean, I haven't ridden a horse that much. So I'm, I'm up there, I'm doing my thing, and I'm like, I'm moving the reins this way and that way, and the horse is like going all over the place. And Misty was like, would you just stop? 
All you got to do is just lean just a little bit, and he'll go where you want him to go. You're just jerking him everywhere. Just lean it this way and that way, and suddenly, and we went left. Just a little turn, and we went right. And that bit was powerful in that horse. And the second analogy that James makes is the tongue is like the rudder on a ship. Verse 4 says, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Now, this is a picture of the Queen Mary. If you've ever seen this beautiful ship, it's ported in Long Beach, California, which is my birthplace. And so I've been on this ship a lot of times, and it's, it has three acres of recreational space. It's uh, relatively small in the era of cruise ships, right? But the anchor, it's the anchor to the Queen Mary is equal to the weight of 10 cars. And yet a relatively small little rudder on the back of this ship directs this huge ocean liner out in the middle of the waves and the winds and the sea. A little rudder keeps it on course. James says our tongue is like that. Our tongue is like a rudder that steers our lives. Verse 4, he says, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. I want to highlight that word for you, steered. Everybody say steered. Steered. Your tongue is the steering wheel for your life. That's what James says. It is a guidance system. It directs where you go, which means if you don't like where you're headed right now, change the way you talk. If you don't like where you're headed, change the way you're talking. Change what you're saying. Number two, my tongue can destroy what I have. Verse five says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. James is saying that our tongues are like a spark that can set off a huge forest fire, which is always seems like as long as I've been in Texas, we, we, we went through like a seven-year drought. I've only been here nine years, but seven of those years were droughts, and there's a, there's a, a danger, especially in the summer. James says your tongue can destroy people, can destroy relationships, can destroy your own life like a spark, like a camper who forgets to pour water on the campfire and a spark gets out and sets the forest on fire. We've watched it in the news. We see California had all these fires last year. It's just heartbreaking to see it. And, and the, the thing that's so crazy about a, a, a fire that's out of control in a forest, it could just take over like that. It can just go so fast, and it can, it can endanger all kinds of people. A careless word can destroy a life overnight, is what James says. Not only your life, but literally thousands of other lives. I wonder how many people, because of a careless word, have destroyed their marriage? How many people, because of a careless word, have destroyed their career? How many people have destroyed their reputation or the reputation of another, or their church, or their friendships because of a careless word. 
The tongue is not o- only has the power to direct where you go, but it also has the, the, the power to destroy what you have. Proverbs 18.20 says, you have to live with the consequences of everything you say. You have to live with the consequences of everything you say. See, the words you speak can set off a destructive chain reaction. You can say something you didn't mean. You didn't mean to have any harm, but it can have a devastating effect that's beyond your control. You might have heard of the the story of the guy that came home from work and started yelling at his wife. And then the wife yells at the oldest kid, and then the oldest kid yells at the babysitter. The babysitter goes out and kicks the dog. The dog goes out and bites the cat. The cat comes and scratches the baby. The baby bites the head off a Barbie doll. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a lot simpler if you just came home and bit the head off the Barbie doll yourself? <laughs> Wouldn't have to damage so many people. To chain reaction is... What's in your speech, what you say, has real power. Proverbs 21, 23 says, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. One chapel, I think we're in an era where people are not careful with what they say. We are in an era where we intentionally disregard other people's feelings and their points of view by what we say. We have so many channels and opportunities to say things. James is encouraging the people of God and he's encouraging us to be careful with what we say to be careful, to not get used to the culture in which we live. And and I I think some of it has to do with just the way we feel that we have a right to our opinion. Actually, the First Amendment guarantees our right to free speech. But I just wanna ask you to think about something. You as an American, you do have a right to free speech, but you and I live under a higher law. We live under the rules of heaven, heaven coming to earth. That's that's what we're into. We're, we're, We're into the kingdom rule of Jesus And that means you don't have the right to express your opinion at any moment that you just want to. Because you gotta ask him first, because he's in charge. He's the king over this kingdom. In in American democracy, we sometimes get the feeling that Christianity is also a democracy. It is not, it is a kingdom. Now it is led by a servant king who loves you deeply and wants you to be like him. And so I think we have to really wrestle with this power that we have to destroy people and we don't even think about it these days. 
we are supposed to be people who are different, who will hold our tongues at the right moment, who will say the right thing at just the right time under the direction of God himself, his spirit prompting us to either hold on, don't say anything, (laughs) you don't need to say something right here, just be quiet. You realize that nobody in our culture ever says that, except your mother. <laughs> nobody said, hey, you should, mm, surprise you. That's, that's not true. Really, they say it a lot about our president. But <laughs> number three, my tongue displays who I am. My tongue displays who I am. In other words, what comes out of my mouth reveals my character. It tells what's really inside of me. And James says this is evident by how inconsistent we are in our speech. Verses 9 and 10 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. I want you to realize that the highest use of your mouth is the worship of God himself. That's the highest use of your tongue. And on Sundays, we come to church and we sing like we just did. But no sooner do we leave church than the same mouth is complaining and arguing about where we're going to eat. You're fighting with your kids or you're fighting with your friends. Isn't it amazing how quickly our attitude can change? In one minute, you're saying, praise the Lord. The next minute, you're yelling at your friend and telling her to shut up. I don't know if you can relate to this, but James says the reason why we struggle so much with an inconsistent tongue is because of what's going on inside of us. What's going on in here? Verse 11 and 12 says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt water Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Now, I want you to listen carefully because the point James is making is that whatever is in the well comes out in the water. Whatever's in the well comes out in the water. Whatever's in the tree comes out in the fruit. And my my problem is not really my tongue. My problem is my heart. What's inside of me is eventually what will come out of me. My mouth eventually betrays what's really going on on the inside. I can fool you and pretend, but eventually my tongue's going to catch me. It's gonna let you know what's really inside. I don't know if you've ever heard this excuse, right? Have you ever heard anybody say something like, they'll say, I don't know what got into me. It's just, that's, that's, it's not like me to say that. I don't know why I said that. It's really totally out of character for me. I I didn't really mean it. James would say, yes, it is. It's just like you. You meant it. Quit kidding yourself. What is inside is going to come out. You don't have a spring that one minute gives salt water and the next gives fresh water. That's inconsistent. It's a natural law. What comes out of the well is what is inside of it. It is you. 
Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, he says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Jesus said, what's inside of you is what's going to come out. My tongue displays who I am, which means I've, I've got a problem. If I've got a problem with my tongue, it's much more serious than I think because it means I have a heart problem. I have a heart problem. And if I have a heart problem, that means a person with a harsh tongue has an angry heart. A person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. A person with an overactive tongue has an unsettled heart. A person with a boasting tongue has an insecure heart. A person with a filthy tongue has an impure heart. A person who is critical all the time has a bitter heart. So what's the solution? It's pretty simple. <laughs> you're going you're to feel a little silly. Number one, here's the solution. Get a new heart. Get a new heart. Ezekiel 18.31 says, Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. <laughs> See, I can change the outside. I can turn over a new leaf, but what I really need is a new heart. I think it's, it's C.S. Lewis that, that says there's this interplay between uh, science and magic and faith. And people kind of lump all these science and magic and faith, and you would think that science is the single unique idea out of the three, right? And you put magic and faith kind of together. But in actuality, it is faith that is the one unique idea out of the three. Science and magic are all about manipulating and dealing with the outside world. But faith is about what happens on the inside of a person. Science can manipulate external forces. Magic can manipulate external forces. But there is only one way to change the human heart, and it is faith. Only God can reach down and transform you from the inside out. Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Just like David, we need to pray for God to create a new heart within us because what's in my heart is going to come out of my mouth. Number two, here's the solution. Ask God for help every day. How, how often? Every day. Every single day. Psalm 141.3 says, Set a guard over my mouth. Oh, Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. This is an awesome verse to memorize and quote every single morning where you're praying, God, put a muzzle on my mouth. Guard my lips. Don't let me be critical today. Don't let me be judgmental. Don't let me say things off the cuff and then I regret them. Every day we need to ask God for help because we need his power in our lives. Getting into God's word is a part of asking God for help. As you ask him for help, you need to read his word. I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you put in, that's what's going to come out. What goes in your mind, what goes in your heart, what goes in your life comes out of your mouth. And that's why it's so important to fill your mind, your soul, 
in your heart with God's word. I don't know if you've ever had this thought before, but there's this really cool thing that you can do to read the Bible all the way through in one year. Each day there's a daily Bible reading. I know a bunch of you have never heard that, but I, but I, I, I want to encourage you to consider reading the Bible in a routine way every single day because that, in fact, is a way that you ask God for help every day. Because you're saying, all right, God, I want to learn how you want me to speak. And I hadn't thought of it before I was preparing for this message. I've often said that what we do when we read the Bible every day is we're getting used to what God's voice sounds like, right? Because throughout human history, he's interacted, God interacts with humanity, and we see how he interacts, and that we're getting used to what God's voice sounds like when we read the scriptures. But make no mistake, he wants to speak directly to you. Even beyond the, the, the scriptures, he wants to speak to you and direct your steps. He wants to highlight things in your life. He wants to highlight others that you're supposed to serve and help. He is speaking to you about directions that your own life is supposed to go. And the w- best way to get used to hearing him is to read the scriptures every day. But I also think it's true that when you get the Bible and the scripture in you every day, you get used to what you should sound like too. The things you should and should not say. We use, uh, just, just for those of you who've actually never done it before, the Bible in one year, 2019. Bible in one year, 2019, with Nikki Gumbel. Nikki Gumbel. And you can get it in the app store. Uh, I should have had it on the screen, but I, I don't have it for you this morning. Maybe second service. Oh, <laughs> What I meant to say was I really prepared well and made sure you guys could see it. <laughs> see, here's the thing. So here's what I want to here's what I want to challenge you on, One Chapel. Because you know, I get up here every week and we and we have this dialogue and we talk about these things. So many of you guys kinda there's a there's a thing when I say something like, you should ask God every day to help you with your mouth. And you don't really, you're not really going to do that. Because <laughs> you're so busy. You're so already ingrained in your, in your practice. But if you could, if you could add this, if you could spend this week thinking and praying about it every single day, I promise you, you would start to notice where you're sarcastic and you shouldn't be. If you will pray about this thing every day, you will notice that there are moments when you realize you're responsible for encouraging someone rather than just going on your way because you're busy, because you got stuff to do. I think there's so much that we need to, f- there's so much we need to f- cut through. Like, like, we're so many things, it's like a fog, and what spending time every day with Jesus is like cutting through the fog. It's like, it's like moving it to the side. And here's, and here's the thing. So we spend so much of our time doing so many different things. A bunch of you spent a lot of time on your NCAA bracket. <laughs> a bunch of you spent a lot of time watching basketball 
watching kids play basketball with each other, and, and most of you are horrible losers. Your bracket is totally busted. It's not going to work. And yet you've spent all this time doing research and thinking about it and what is it going to be and finding out the scores. And it. What if you could spend that kind of focus on the scriptures every day? <laughs> now, now, I'm, now I'm getting, now I'm niggling. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm meddling. We spend a lot of time thinking about all of our stuff for work. Like we've, we're focused on our career and what our boss demands of us. We spend, no, no wonder if you spend all your time thinking about work that you're so stressed out. Wouldn't it be good to just find a time at the beginning of the day or maybe at the end of the day, maybe, call me crazy, maybe both. Where you, where you start with God, God's word, you, you end with God's words to you, you pray, you have a moment some of us spend so much time watching cable news, talking about politics so much. No wonder you're so angry. You spend all your time watching, some of you, some of you, I don't know, there's a, there's a thing with horror flicks these days. Have you, have you noticed this? There's a lot of horror flicks and people, I, like, oh, I love to get scared. That's not good for you. <laughs> Just saying. You spend all your time watching chick flicks, Netflix, I don't care, any kind of flicks, <laughs> to escape reality, no wonder you got a problem trying to avoid all the hard problems you're facing. Spend a little time in the scriptures. Let God speak to you. Pray about what's going on in your heart and what's coming out of your mouth. Ask God every day to help you. Number three. Think before you speak. I know this is a tough one. Of all three, this is the hardest one. James 1.19 says, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Notice there's a progression here. They go in order. All right? So the first thing is be quick to listen. Huh? Be quick to listen. Be Slow to speak and slower to become angry. <laughs> now listen, you're gonna, that's out of all the whole thing, everything I've said, that's what you're going to remember today. <laughs> if you're quick to listen, here's, here's, here's the way it works. If you're quick to listen, you will be slow to speak. If you'll be quick to listen, you will be slow to speak. If, you, if you're slow to speak, you'll become even slower to get angry. Because here's the problem. Here's the problem with, if you have a problem with anger, you need to work on being quick to listen rather than speaking. Rather than being quick to speak. Be slow to speak, quick to listen. The result will be you'll be slow to anger. Here's how it works. Your brain cannot catch up with your mouth. That's the problem. It's too slow. <laughs> the brain is too slow. Your heart, though, it can spill right out of your mouth. <laughs> it just spills out. Whatever's in there just starts coming out. But your brain is slow. So when you slow down and you decide to be quick to listen and slow to speak, the slower you speak, the more you listen, 
you will stop yourself from becoming so angry and saying the things that you will regret. Your mouth will slow down because <laughs> you've closed it to listen. Two ears, one mouth. Your brain, you've got to give your brain time to catch up. And when your brain catches up, you'll be convinced you should not say that thing. That you really shouldn't say it, you should listen. Now I want you to think about this. Two questions to end here. Two questions. What does your tongue say about you? What does your tongue say about you? What does it reveal about you? If, if, you were, if we were to play back a tape of every conversation, what is this, 1992? A tape, a digital recording <laughs> of... If you were to... Everyone under 25 is like, tape? What, how does tape get, I don't know what that is. If, if you were to play back a recording of every conversation you've had in this past week, all right, think about it. Let your mind go. Every conversation you have this last week, what would we learn about you? God hears it all. He hears it all. He records it all. Our tongues display who we are. And then second, what direction is your tongue leading you? Some people say, I'm, I'm just sick all the time. Or I can never do anything. Things are just getting tougher and tougher and worse and worse. What direction are they headed? Our tongues control the direction of our lives like a rudder, like a bit. James is saying that the only way to get control of your tongue is to let Jesus Christ have control of your heart. That's what he's saying. That's the only way. What's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. So let Jesus' hand be on your bit, your tongue, your rudder. Let him direct your life. Let him take over in your heart. And maybe you need to ask forgiveness for what's been going on, what's been coming out of your mouth. Maybe you need to go to your kids and say, I'm sorry, I... I I'm inconsistent in the way I talk to you. Sometimes I'm loving, sometimes I'm harsh. That just shows I'm like everybody else, I'm human. Maybe you need to have that conversation with them. James says we all stumble in many ways. Maybe you need to apologize to your spouse. I'm not as loving to you in my speech as I ought to be. Maybe, maybe you ought to Maybe you ought to apologize or ask forgiveness of a friend as you say, I tend to be apathetic and cold and indifferent I, or I talk to you harshly. I, I'm inconsistent and inconsiderate. Ezekiel says, get rid of all your offenses you've committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Every one of us need this message today because it's a universal problem. Some people never learn to control their tongue because they never get the connection between their heart and their tongue. There's a tombstone that says, here lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. I hope you don't have to wait that long. I hope you don't have to wait till there's a tombstone over you. I want you to pray right now, so close your eyes and bow your head 
And would you pray this in your heart right now? And I'm just going to lead you. God, I need a, a heart transplant. <laughs> I need a new heart and a new spirit. Come into my life. Come into my circumstances. Maybe for the first time or even as a recommitment today, you might say, Jesus, come and take control of my life. Come and have your way in my heart. I want you to con consider what direction your tongue is leading you. Where are you headed in life? Where, where will you be 10 years from now? What do you talk about most? That tells you where you're headed. The scripture says the tongue can destroy what you have. You could lose it all in a minute with a few careless words. Like a cigarette dropped in a forest can destroy an entire national park. Maybe some of you need to pray this with me. God, I, I've been a verbal arsonist. I say things that hurt, that hurt my spouse, that hurt my kids, that hurt my friends. I, I say things at work that are unkind. I'm harshest with those I love. The Bible says that that displays what is inside. That's where change needs to take place. God, would you give me help today? every day? Would you put a guard on my mouth? Would you help me to think before I speak? Lord, forgive me for these things. The things I've said that were out of place. Help me with a new start this morning. I can't do it on my own. I need your help. Help me to read your word and fill my mind with good things. If you have an overactive tongue, if you, you feel like you talk too much out of insecurity, you you might pray this with me. God, would you put peace in my heart so I don't have to talk so much? I've been negative. Help me not to be fearful. I tend to brag a lot. Help me not to feel insecure. God, melt the hardness of my heart. Give me a caring, loving heart. Jesus, take control of the rudder of my life and guide me in the direction that you want to go. God hears you when you pray these prayers. Father, we all need this message. I pray that we all would learn to manage our mouths. Help us. We can't do it on our own, but by your spirit in our lives, we can have victory. Lord, we realize that our tongue can damage, but it also can heal. It can delight. What a great potential we have. Help us to use our mouths, our tongues to bless people. God, help me to use my tongue to bless my family, my friends, the people I work with. God, there's tremendous potential inside of me. I recognize it. I see it. Have your way in me and help my speech to give light and warmth rather than destruction, to encourage rather than put down. I give myself to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for being here with us today. If God is doing something in your life or you're looking for ways to get connected, we want to help. 
You can find everything you need online at onechapel.com welcome. You can subscribe to future messages on your favorite podcast player, and you're always invited to services every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11.30. We'll see you next time.